0: Turned out pretty good. Can't go wrong with Christmas songs. And everyone knows
1: Good morning, Awakening Church. Are we excited? Can you believe it's one week? before one of the two best days of the year? There's only two. It's Christmas and Easter. Christ is born and he's risen. Amen? And we are one week away from awesomeness. You know, I always think of it as Christ's birth. My children think of it as presents. So, I have to make sure they all have an even number of gifts. Because especially my seven-year-old, she will know. She will know. No, thank you guys for standing. We love you, Lord, and we thank you today. We get to honor you this morning. We're one week away from your wonderful birth that we get to celebrate, Lord. We thank you for that. Today is a beautiful uh, rendition of many Christmas songs that we're going to sing to you this morning, Father. And we thank you for the opportunity. Let's all sing, Oh Come All ye Faithful. Oh, Blessed are those who praise his name. We love you, Lord, and we thank you. Let's all sing this together. God rest ye, merry gentlemen.
0: God rest ye, merry gentlemen. Let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day. To save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. We'll be I'm
1: Amen, amen, and amen. We thank you, Father, for today, and we thank you for this beautiful Christmas time and these beautiful worship songs that we sing for you and to you, Father. We honor you, Lord, and we worship you, Jesus, and we thank you for the opportunity to be here this morning. We thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. And we ask you go before everyone in this room, open our hearts and open our minds, and help us understand that Christmas is not about presents, it's about you, a giving heart, Father. We love you so much and we thank you. And all God's people said Amen. Why don't you turn and greet one another this morning.
2: Well, good morning, Awakening Church. It's so happy to be able to have you guys here today. Today is kind of our Sunday Christmas gathering, as next Sunday is actual Christmas Day, and so we won't be here together. So I just want to just say Merry Christmas to everyone in this room. I see families are starting to come into town, and we are really happy about that. Families coming together as we continue to rejoice the birth of Christ. If you guys are new, you have those Connect cards in your seat backs right in front of you. Take a quick second to be able to fill those out. We'd love to be able to get to hear from you, hear your prayer requests and praises about what is going on in your guys' life. We have our Christmas Eve service coming up on December 24th. That's going to be here on Saturday. It is a great time to be able to kick off our Christmas time for you guys, especially as a family, to be able to come together for our family service to be able to worship Christ, and to be able to celebrate his birth. And so come out for that, bring your whole family, even if you have family coming into town, bring them here. It's going to be a very low-key service and just a time to be able to worship, and Pastor Kerry will be sharing some short words with us as well during that day. We also have the Awakening All-American Men's Breakfast coming up on January 14th, men, I Mark your calendars for that date. It's going to be at 8.30 a.m. on January 14th. Come here together. It's going to be pancakes, eggs, bacon, the whole works of it. Bro is going to be putting that on there in the back. He'll be having sign-up sheets coming in weeks to come. But if you guys have questions about that or if you guys would like to be able to help out with that, I'm sure Bro would love to be able to get the help for that. So January 14th at 8.30 a.m. We have our Awakening uh, Student Ministries Christmas party this Wednesday from 6 to 8 p.m. Be able to come out here and be able to come together. Is it 6.30 or is it 6? It's 6. So he is doing an extended amount of time, 6 to 8 p.m. for our students. That is going to be 6th through 12th grade. It's just going to be a ton of fun to be able to come together. There's going to be treats. I'm sure Chuck has games and everything like that scheduled. He at one point mentioned something really messy to me, so I'm excited to see what that's going to be. But come out for that. Send your students um, 6 to 8 p.m. this Wednesday. Lastly, I'd just like to take this time for our tithes and offerings. Easiest way to do this is to text the word AWAKENING to 77977. It's going to send you to an easy secure link to set up a one-time or recurring giving. We also will have our offering baskets passed at the end of service today. So thank you guys.
3: He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and peace on earth to those he favors.
4: morning and Merry Christmas. On this special day that we get to celebrate Christ's birth, uh, I'm very mindful that our lives are filled with stuff going on. Is your life filled with stuff going on? And I just appreciate being able to center in on the Christmas carols for worship today and being able to reflect in this season because if there's any way that we can help you slow down, then we want to be able to do that. In fact, this morning uh, we're going to continue talking about this whole aspect of missing piece. Um, we said that it's frustrating to be able to do a puzzle and you put it all together and then you have that one missing piece and you say, well, what am I going to do because I can't find that piece? And we spend our life trying to put all the pieces together to have a great life, right? Not only for ourselves, but our families. And and sometimes we find that in the midst of putting everything together for life, we have that problem of missing peace. And it's not just your problem, it's the person seated next to you, and it's my problem as the people that lived a year ago, and a generation ago, and a century ago, because there's this um, temptation in life to try to make all the pieces about this life rather than the life not only to come but the spiritual life that God has for us and so wherever you're at this morning if you're missing peace I want us to circle back around and talk about that and maybe uh, you can find not the physical peace to put in your puzzle but you can find the prince of peace that we've been talking about to put into the center of your life missing peace so I, I just thought I would do a little bit of evaluation this morning at how you're doing with all the holidays that are uh, activity that's around you, uh, parties and celebrations, and uh, being able to get the gifts wrapped and get things off the checklist, and we're headed there. Uh, a week from today is Christmas Sunday morning. How's your stress? On a scale of one to 10 in your life right now, uh, give me a number. How's your stress level? one to 10? I got a six. What I got here? A five. A one, a two. Wow. You, you must be in the season of life of retirement or something. I don't know. One, one or two, right? All right. Any other numbers? The stress level in your life, right? An eight. Well, all of us would be able to identify with a certain uh, stress level that's going on. And Uh, I'm not sure where my stress level's at on that. Life seems to be so fast and moving forward. But I can guarantee you, if you pause right now and think about the stress or the anxiety in your life, um, it's coming from a particular place. Where's that stress coming at? Where's it coming from? The stress, the anxiety, that anxiousness of, i got to get on that today or this week, and... Or maybe it's something that's around you currently. I I tell you what, stress and anxiety come from one of these places. And you can probably identify with it as you just thought about it. It comes from a place, a problem, a pain, a pace, a person, or even a group of people. Where is your stress and your anxiety coming from in your life right now? See, each of these have their own uh, uh, challenges to us. It could be a place, an environment. When you walk into it and you're like, this is just not working. Or maybe you're trying to sell your house, move into a new house. There's some stress about the aspect of a place. Or maybe it's a particular problem that's raised its head or it's been there for you uh, for a long time. Maybe it's a financial problem. Maybe it's a health issue that's going on, right? Right? Maybe it just has to do with some decisions uh, about your future, but there's a problem. Maybe some crisis happened at work this last week, and you're trying to unpack it and figure it out, and and somebody just told me that they have a boss that said that they need to go and travel somewhere the day after Christmas, and I'm like, well, that would be a problem to me. That would bring stress because you'd like to have peace in the time, right? Or maybe it's a particular pain a pain that uh, it is an emotional pain, a hurt that you carry with you and you just can't see it resolved. Or maybe it is a physical aspect. For me, a lot of times it's a pace. My stress comes from, ta, 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 what's next, what I need to do here, well, how do we need to make things happen? And the pace of life can cause us to have stress and anxiety. Or maybe it's a homo sapien. A person. A person that creates stress in your life and makes you anxious or a group of people or something that might have happened to you. I think it's helpful for us to be able to identify where our stress and our anxiety comes from because each of these P's are a stealer of the other P that we're talking about, which is peace. And so how do we live life with peace and not with all the other problems and the aspects? And we said that when it comes to this peace, that peace is not um, found in the absence of our problems, but peace is found in the presence of God. Peace isn't found in the absence of problem, it's found in the presence of God. And a lot of times we try to deal with the internal stuff by fixing external stuff. And we have to pause, and especially this time of year, and pause and say, okay, what's going on with all the stress and the anxiety in my life? Is it an external thing that needs to be fixed, or is it an internal place that I need to shift and live and abide in more regularly in my life? And this preacher had to put this into practice this week and even this morning to say, Lord, What's it really about? What's it really about? Everything circumstantially fitting as I have a particular vision to see it sit? Or is it really dealing with the internal part, the interior part of my life and my soul? And say, am I in a place of peace because I'm found in the presence of God? You see, here's what it comes down to, and we're going to be looking at the second of these a little bit more today. But when it comes to peace... Peace comes from presence and from truth. The presence of God and the truth of God's word. And if you're not immersed in practicing the presence of God like we've talked about, and you're not immersed in some level of understanding and applying the truth of God's word, then you will have a lack of peace in your life. But if you focus on the presence of God and the truth of God's word, there's a blending together that enables you to have an interior place of your life where even when you're going through challenging storms and trials and whether it's a, it's a, a pain issue or a pace issue or a problem issue or a people issue, you're able to have that peace. Now don't get me wrong, I understand that even as we cultivate an interior place of peace in our life, that we live in a world where there is a lack of peace. And the one who was called the Prince of Peace that we celebrate, who came into this world 2,000 years ago as a in of manger, and then lived according to God's purpose and plan and provided a means for us to have peace, is that um, there is there is a need for that prince of peace to come again and change externally the things of our world and you and i if you're a follower of jesus christ this morning you can put a smile on your face in the midst of all the problems that are happening around you that create a lack of peace and know that one day all wrongs will be made right He will wipe away every tear from our eye and we will find ourselves in a place of paradise and perfect peace with him and his purpose for all of eternity. And so we long for that. But in this world, you will have trials and temptations, Jesus said. And he was tempted by them as surely as you are, but yet he went to the Father time and time again. That presence of God And the truth of God's word is critical for you and I to live at a place of peace and have that missing peace filled by him. So in the last few weeks, I've talked about the aspect of peace of God. But today, and we'll circle back around it for Christmas Eve, there's something that's critical to know. Wherever you're at on your spiritual journey, maybe you're here for the first time today, maybe you've just started to check God out recently. Maybe you're praying for a friend who needs to check God out, that there's not a lack of there's a lack of peace in their life. But it's important for us to understand this when it comes to this subject of peace. And that is to have the peace of God, you must first have Peace with God. Let's say that together. You ready? To, to have the peace of God, you must first have peace with God. This is a critical distinction. It's a critical distinction, I think, on this particular Sunday when we're ready to worship, you know, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that God sent his son into the world he did it for a reason and a purpose and that is so every single Homo sapien that's alive and has ever lived and ever will live every person could have a restored relationship with God and have peace with God but if we're trying to grab a hold of peace and We don't have peace with god then we're one of the most miserable kind of people and it begins with that relationship with where we're at with god i was thinking about this aspect of peace and you know you do all your shopping right so i gotta go back and there's a particular item i'm looking at this week i need to make a decision on it's a little bit more expensive kind of thing than i'd like to buy but you know we're trying to think through the whole situation And so I'm going to be in a couple, three different stores. And so you're shopping for your items and you're trying to find that perfect gift. That gift that's going to make the person, when they open the package, go what? Oh, I can't believe this, right? Or, oh, that's so precious of you. Thank you, right? And so whether it's socks or a sweater, no. Uh, it's, It's the idea that you want to provide a great gift. But you know that some of the people that you're giving gifts to, They don't need any more material goods, do they? The material goods, maybe they have a bunch of them. Or even if it's money, the material things are not what that person needs. What that person needs is hope, joy, love, peace. They're the intangible things of life that's what that person needs they're they're in such turmoil they're really worried and i can't believe they're always you know sort of freaked out about things or oh my goodness i can't believe what happened to them if i was going through that situation it would be gut-wrenching i don't know how they're dealing with it right what the person needs around us isn't the item that we can go to costco or target and pull off the shelf right I suppose some people say, well, I can pull off some things off the shelf that help me in my situation, right? Whether it's a prescription drug or I was thinking about this, I had to smile to myself. I just, it's just a different world I live in. I guess, you know, I guess you can go to cannabis stores, right? You're thinking, you know, that's going to help me deal with it. But whether it's uh, a cannabis uh, uh, direction or even a wine uh, uh, sipping kind of thing, uh, friends, there is nothing material that can medicate or heal the soul. And can I say this? The sin-sick soul. And what we celebrate here at Christmas is that God knew that. Going back to Adam and Eve and watching all the little millenniums of history of people. He says there is a problem. It needs to be dealt with. It goes back to the beginning of the original sin, and it has to do with a sin sick soul being separated from God. Uh, If you're lacking peace because there's a particular person or maybe people in your life, I I want you to do a little challenge with me and maybe it's someone you haven't even thought of for a while, but that person brought a lack of peace into your life. Maybe you've reconciled with them, but if that person walked in this very big room here this morning and sat down next to you, and you had not made amends, would that be a pleasant experience for you? Or would it be a awkward, almost like, you would retract on, I can't believe that they're here. I can't believe they're sitting in front of me. And they're going to do that turn and greet thing. This is going to be terrible. Right? We think in terms of our relationships, and if you're not in a good relationship, and that person's in close proximity to you, there is a lot of discomfort and definitely a lack of peace. Well, if God himself came and he sat next to you in your seat today, would that be an awkward thing for you? Where are you at in your relationship with God? God knew that it was estranged and he did something about it because he knew it had to deal with a sin problem, a sin sick soul. And so he took up the initiative to move your way not to make you feel awkward or your friend to feel awkward God came near we sang it Emmanuel God with us because he wants to heal us restore relationship he wants us to have peace with him so let's look at that Luke passage briefly if you don't mind Luke chapter 2 Let's just walk through some of these words and, in one sense, be amazed, I believe, at um, that incredible scene. And I I asked the Lord as I was driving here this morning, Lord, may it not be commonplace to me, this incredible story of what you did that Christmas morning. May it not become commonplace. May I uh, not become dulled by it. May I have the sense of wonder and may the sense of wonder fill my heart so that we together can talk about this sense of wonder. So with the wonderment eyes, let's look afresh and anew at Luke chapter two, as it's recorded in verse eight. This beautiful account that changed the world because God made initiative. He made an initiative to be in our presence and to heal the brokenness of our relationship with him. So Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby. Can I just stop there? This was not the elite crowd. He didn't come to Hollywood or some heavy hitters in Washington, D.C. He came to lowly shepherds. If you are in a place, and I found people at a place like this, maybe you have a friend or a family member you're going to be interacting with this week, they don't feel that they're worthy to even be in God's presence or to have God interested in them. God, when He chose to send His Son, He sent His announcement to lowly shepherds first. He didn't send it to King Herod. He didn't send it to uh, the Pharisees and the Sadducees of that day. He sent the announcement to shepherds. And I sort of had to smile when I tried to think about the wonderment of this. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks. That he not only sent the announcement to the shepherds, he sent it to the sheep. And the reality was this is a pretty big announcement for the sheep because some of them were probably lambs that were going to be slain for sacrifices and God was sending his ultimate sacrifice in Christ. So it was really good news to those sheep too. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby where Jesus was born, it says, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Just a common, ordinary evening, right? Just in the mainstream of life, something happened. And the people that need something to happen in their life that you're praying for, that you're going to be around, or maybe it's you here this morning, It may just be a common day. Hey, I tried to walk into this church. I'm sort of here. I don't know. I got plans this afternoon. But you need to know that God breaks into the ordinary, mundane, everyday experiences of our life. And he'll show up. And he showed up on that Christmas Eve. He came to the shepherds and the sheep. And it says, the angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were so happy. They were what? Terrified. Terrified. Oh, no! What's happening? And so in the sky being lit up, and the angel coming with this pronouncement, there was a fear that was struck within them. This was of another realm. I don't know if those particular shepherds had ever seen an angel. Have you seen an angel? I don't know. If God was to show up through an angel in your life, what would you be? Would you be terrified? You'd definitely be taken back. You'd be awed going like, oh, there is more than meets the eye than my troubles in my material world around me. God exists and here is an angel from God in my common, ordinary life, and he has appeared to make this pronouncement. But the first reaction was the reaction of fear, being terrified. And sometimes that's true. When we're seeking to have peace with God, especially if we've never had peace with God, there is this sense of, oh my goodness. But that fear should not be one of trepidation that causes us to run from God. Because what did the angel say? But the angel said to them, first thing, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Are you afraid of God working in your life? Are you afraid of God showing up knowing the lifestyle that you're leading right now? Don't be afraid. He is for you, He is taking the initiative. And even if you have a fear, a rightful fear of God, he wants to come and say, do not be afraid. When Jesus appeared after the resurrection, he said, do not be afraid. Fear not. There's different places that there's this fear not. Because us as human beings, as homo sapiens, we're like, oh my gosh, what's going on? God says, I'm here for a reason, a good reason. And so the angel said, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for just a few people. No. His salvation is for all people. And his salvation is for you here this morning. And if you're watching online, the salvation that God came to bring through Jesus Christ is for all people And it's not bad news. Bad news is what we have of our world, or bad news is what we make of our life. He comes to bring us good news. And it's good news that is going to unwrap, unpackage joy in your life. That joy is not found in a retail store or down some prescription aisle. God has medications, and many people are sick these days. There's evidence here this morning, I think, and medications God provides us. But the ultimate fix that we need is found in what God grant, granted us through Christ. Peace, joy, hope, love. And this angelic announcement was that it will cause great joy for all the people we looked at it last week this whole aspect of peace and they were waiting so long for peace and when the timing was right god entered into the world this is why there was great joy with them here they were a select group of common ordinary people that god appeared to through an angelic being and said you are going to hear some great news that will be of great joy to you for all people because you've been waiting all this time, and now in the fullness of time, God sends his son into this broken world to do something about broken lives, broken institutions, broken uh, mannerisms and systems. God acted, and this good news would bring great joy. So if you're fearful of God working in your life this morning, so I just want to encourage you. Um, he's interested in work in your life, even if you're a nobody shepherd. And when he first appears in your life or starts working with your life, sometimes there's this fear and trepidation, like, oh my gosh, I'm afraid. But immediately, if you step into it and you start to listen to God and discern maybe what he's trying to wrestle with your interior life about, it's going to be good news. Good news of great joy for, yes, You and all people. And so what was this news? Well, it's commonplace. We sort of know what that good news is. It says this in verse 11 of chapter 2. Today, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to the world. No. A Savior has been born to you. He's a personal Messiah. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And you will find a sign. And the sign will be, you will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. How'd the angel know that? Well, the angel's in the spiritual realm, so he knew what God was doing. And here was the pronouncement. Many miles away, the shepherds were told that something happened in a very lowly place. And I don't know about you, but think think about if you were the screenwriter for this intervention of God in the history of the world. If you were the screenwriter, or if you were the author of the novel narrative. Surely, someone who was going to be a Messiah for the whole world, for all people, and bring great joy, the promised Messiah of long ago, surely there could have been a better storyline than him coming, one, as a baby in human form, and two, in a lowly place like a stinky, smelly stable. With animals. That was like, really? Come on. This angel's joking with us, man. This angel can't surely be right. That that which we longed for, the good news they're saying that we'll find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Yeah. And what does that speak to, friends? It speaks to God's humility. A lot of our Lack of peace on the world scene is why? Because there's not humility amongst leaders. When we, when we look at things that are happening around the world, and sometimes in our own nation, sometimes in other nations, when we contemplate what uh, is still going on with the Ukrainians and in other parts, of the, you're, you're like, how does that happen? It's because the individuals who are responsible for it do not have Humility. They do not walk humbly in this world. That there is arrogance. That there is thinking highly of ourselves. And God came in a humble way to show us that the pathway to peace with God is to have humility in our hearts. And there is no salvation in Christ. Scripture says there's no salvation without repentance, but what is repentance? Repentance is humility, humbling ourselves. And here was the example before them. And suddenly, it says, and suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, here's the phrase. We've used it in the last couple, three weeks. Let's say it together. Ready? Glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth, peace to those on whom His favor rests. Let's say it again, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Let's say it again. glory God in the highest heaven, and on earth, What an incredible declaration! We become commonplace with it oh yeah nice little angels angels we have heard on high no there was a bold declaration that there would be glory brought to god in the highest heaven throughout all eternity and on earth there would be peace the missing peace upon those his favor rests This declaration, there is a unique connection in it. Do not forget this. There will be no peace unless there is glory given to God. There will be no peace unless there is glory given to God. I grew up singing um, some songs from uh, my favorite Christian group at the time. This dates me, I guess. Was the Imperials. And there was one of the songs the Imperials had, which was... There will be no peace until God is seated at the conference table. There will be. I won't sing for you. It would be not good. And so it was a, sort of a fun little diddly. But I, I had that image of God walking in to like the United Nations boardroom or something. Right. Or walking into some governmental place uh, in Washington, D.C. And he sits down at the table. And everybody knows that it's Jesus, Son of God, who came, who lived, who died, who rose from the grave, ascended sin of the heavens is coming again. And they turn not only in a bit of awe, but a bit of sheepishness because all their solutions for trying to find peace and make headway and change inflation or whatever it may be are nothing compared to what this man was. God himself, there will be no peace unless God is seated at the conference table. Well, you need to know this. There will be no peace in your life, whether it's peace with God or peace of God, unless you bring glory to God. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. Well, counts me out. His favor does not rest on me. Do you know about my life and how many times I've messed up? Do you know what a nomad I am? Do you know uh, how I am uh, rightly accused by others for certain things that just have not gone? His favor does not rest on me. You You want to see my life around me? No, that's not what the favor rests on. His favor rests upon those who are willing to give God the glory and walk in step with him. Have you done that? Are you doing that in your life right now? Maybe you've been still in the glory of God, something he gave you the ability for, and you're like thinking a little bit highly of yourself. You're not walking that humble road, and you're like, oh, yeah. Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth and in your life are directly connected And we need to remember that every day of our life because if you seek to give God the glory every day of your life in all things, his pronouncement of peace will be of greater measure. Jesus, as you know, he came as the babe in the manger. He lived a sinless life, which is incredible to try to comprehend. He was born of the Virgin Mary, which... From the Holy Spirit so he was born without sin we have a sinful nature but he was tempted in all ways such as us so this babe in the manger grew to be a child and grew to be a young man and grew into the age of his ministry which began around the age of 30 and then he ministered for three years on this physical earth and as he ministered on this physical earth he gave hope to other people he gave great teachings But his ultimate work would be accomplished by what he would do on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins and breaking the power of Satan over our lives and being able to bring us freedom and forgiveness and hope. That that was the ultimate reason by which he came. And so as he was getting ready to head towards the cross, we have these words in John 14. He sat down with his disciples and he simply said, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or be afraid. Christmas gifts. Don't you wish you could go to Target and bottle up peace for the troubled soul, whether it's yours or someone else, and put it underneath the Christmas tree. You don't need to. God already did through Jesus Christ, and Jesus says, I will leave you a gift. Peace of mind and heart, and I don't give as the world gives. How many of you remember what you got for Christmas last year? Probably not many of us. Things come and go but the peace of God we long for every day of our life, and you can have that gift. It will not go away. Do not be troubled or afraid, he said. Walk with him into it. And so that was why the story that's found in Matthew that was referenced earlier during the narrative reading, when the angel appeared to Joseph concerning the birth of Jesus, he said to Joseph, she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, Yeshua, Joshua, for he will save his people from their sins. For you see, the issue is that we cannot have peace, the peace of God, unless we have peace with God. And the pronouncement that the angels gave, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests, Uh, Right embedded in there is the invitation that needs to be given. And I want to give that invitation here this morning. Because you need to give God glory by humbly surrendering your life to him. And when you do that, his favor rests upon you. And he gives peace. But that aspect of surrendering our life is not an easy thing. Because we have a sin issue that needs to be dealt with. If I was to roll our way to a familiar passage to some of you in the book of Romans, there's this beautiful verse that's in Romans chapter 5, verse 1, that gives gives reference to peace, the peace with God that we need. And it says this, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. If, if I was to turn to Romans 5, there, there's so much incredible stuff that's just listed in that word. and it, You wouldn't think of this as a Christmas passage, but this is why God sent his Son into the world. It's why God sent his son into the world, that we would have peace with God. Verse 3, not only so, but we also. Glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character and character, hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit whom he has given to us. You see, at just the right time. At just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very, very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God, but God, listen to this, demonstrated his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us verse 9, since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? And I want you to notice verse 10. Because verse 10 is sort of a heavy verse to me when I think about it. And maybe you can see why this morning. For if, while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more? How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Now, the latter part of that's great. We were reconciled to him. And if we've been reconciled, then we're going to have an incredible life living with him. But this verse says that you and I were God's enemies. Did you know that? If you've not found peace with God, If you're not in a relationship with Jesus Christ, God views you as you stand and as you sit as an enemy. It's like, that's not very nice. I really don't even think about God. I'm just sort of indifferent to him. I'm not really an enemy. I'm not even angry at God. I'm not mad at God. But those who have not given God the glory and humbly acknowledge Jesus for who he is. The spiritual realm, God himself sees them as enemies. Now, that's a heavy word. And I guess I have to bring it home a little bit to you. Do you acknowledge that you're an enemy of God if you do not have a relationship with Jesus this morning? Or you're not living for his glory? Well, that's not a very happy Christmas message, Pastor Kerry. Well, it's not in one sense, but in another it is. Because until you realize something's broken, you can never find anything a way to see it healed. And a lot of times when we're in broken relationships with others we say what? That's their problem. They can get over it. When all of us and we had a series of this past year talking about owning our piece of the pie in reconciling relationships and and part of this is as let's just own our piece of the pie of our relationship with God. We're an enemy to him because we're indifferent we're not living our life flat out for his glory. And so that moment there in Romans 5.10 is important for us. But in verse 6 and then verse 8 that we just read, pretty cool. You see at the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly, the ones who were his enemies. and God demonstrated his own love for us in that way we were still sinners. Christ died for us so what do we do here on this Christmas Sunday before the actual Sunday of Christmas the invitation is given to you will you stand at enmity with God indifference to all that he's done in sending his son Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior Or will you open up your life and surrender to him and say, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace upon his favor rest. I want his favor to rest on me. Have you ever crossed the line of a personal point of salvation and faith? You see, it doesn't happen by sitting in church. It doesn't happen by parentage, especially if you got really good parents. It doesn't matter. Every one of us Scripture says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. For God did. He demonstrated his love for us, and that way we're still sinners. Christ died for us. Therefore, We are justified through what he has done. He took the penalty of our sin on himself. He died on the cross. He was raised from the grave. He ascended to the heavens. He's coming again. The same Jesus we talk about and celebrate at Christmas. You will see every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the God, the Father. Whether in this life or the life to come, God will be seated at the conference table. But he wants to be seated at the center of your life and mine today. Will you receive Jesus Christ this Christmas and come to a place of having peace with God so that you can have the peace of God? If if you were to look a couple chapters over in Romans, the Apostle Paul just goes off with the good news about those who've been reconciled with God. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, whom can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but graciously give him to us all, how, he, how will he not also graciously give to us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he then that condemns? For I am convinced that neither anything in all this world will separate us from the love of Christ. Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, as it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. It's a miserable world sometimes as a follower. But it, no, we're considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present or the future or any powers, neither height nor depth or anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is found in Christ Jesus our Lord. The Apostle Paul had enmity against Jesus Christ. He was persecuting those who were Jesus' followers. And an angel met him on the road to Damascus, blinded him. God said, Jesus said, in that moment, Saul, Saul, why do you push back against me? Saul surrendered to Jesus. His life was transformed. He wrote the majority of the New Testament. He knew the hope and the peace, even in the midst of all the persecution and trials he had. You have to have peace with God if you're ever going to have the peace of God. Do you have the peace with God? What do you need to do this morning? What do your friends need to do when you talk to them about all their problems that are going on? What do you need to do if you're watching online today? Paul would then say in Romans 10, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God is raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will give his name, Emmanuel, Jesus, God with us, for he will save his people from their sins. We needed a savior, and so God sent himself. Will you declare? Verse 10 says, for if you, it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. It's not by any good works, no matter how much church going, no matter how many good works of helping other people out. There is nothing we can do for the salvation of our soul and to be at peace with God. It's what he did in sending his son. It's his gift, but we have to receive it. So I'm going to be very clear with this this morning. You can take this in your personal life. You can take it when you share your faith, maybe with a friend or a family member in these coming uh, days as we finish out this year. Peace with God and a relationship with Christ is what it's about this Christmas season. And there's three things that you would basically walk through. And you can walk through them here in your seat this morning or online. The first is omit your need. I am a sinner, and that enmity with God, I'm, maybe it's just indifference. I'm just I'm opposed to the things of God. You know, I find it true so many times. It's, it's not that people can't believe that Jesus is who He was, that He was the Lord of the heaven and earth. They don't want him to be the Lord of heaven and earth because that means that there would be claims on their own life but you have to come to this humble place of admitting that you have a need because you are a sinner and you're indifferent to god whether active rebellion or a passive indifference and the second thing then is you need to believe in jesus christ there's salvation and no other name under heaven given to man kind but jesus christ and to all who received him to them he gave the right to become children of God. It's it's the Lord Jesus that we're talking about here. And you have to have a mental cognitive belief that Jesus is Lord, that he died for my sins, and that he rose again. Sometimes people say, Well, how much do you really need to believe about what it? No, I tell you what, that, that's the core right there. That Jesus is Lord, He's God Himself, that He died on a cross not because of any of his sins, but he took the sin of the world upon him and your sins. And he was raised from the grave, the resurrection. But it doesn't get you there if you admit and you believe. Even the demons believe, scriptures say, that Jesus is who he is. You can have a cognitive belief, you can assent uh, your mind to a certain set of facts and data, but it's the next step that gets you there. And it's the step of trust to confess. To confess Christ as your Lord. And just a simple disposition of spirit. I repent. I repent of my sins, my indifference to God. And I now surrender my life to Jesus. Doesn't mean you need to clean it all up. He's the one that comes to clean it up. I'm not good enough to be a Christian. You're right. That's a humble statement in one sense. But don't think you've got to get your act together before you come to Jesus Christ. You come to Jesus Christ so he can help you clean it up. So have you done the ABCs? Admit, believe, and confess. I trust you have, and that you declare with the angels, glory to God on the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill. To those on whom his favor rests beginning with me but if you don't have assurance of your salvation that you've crossed that line of faith i want to pray a prayer as we close and i want to give you the opportunity to receive jesus christ in your life to admit to believe and to confess is there a bunch of other questions sure god says bring them on let's talk about it but the heart of the matter of having peace with god so you can have the missing peace of god is to come into relationship with Jesus Christ. Will you bow your heads with me? Lord, here this morning across this room and others who may be watching, it's a sacred moment. For all the holiday seasons and all the houses decorated so incredibly bright and happy and festive, there's a lot of brokenness behind the homes. And there may be brokenness very well in this room. And so, Jesus, this Christmas season, may we receive the gift of the forgiveness of our sins. The gift of you being the leader of our life. And the gift of eternal life to come. If you're in that place and you're uncertain, if you've ever prayed the prayer to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I want you simply to repeat these words after me. And I'm actually going to ask everyone in the room to repeat these because, in many ways, it's just good to reaffirm it if we're a Christ follower. But it's not the words, it's the disposition of the heart, the surrender, the repentance, the grabbing a hold of following after Jesus. And yes, it can happen in a moment in time in a worship service in Marietta, California but if you want to pray that prayer, pray that prayer with all sincerity of heart because it's the Lord that's listening to you right now. And I invite us all to repeat this prayer out loud together. So repeat after me, Dear Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you for being born into this world of sin and coming to save a sinner like me. I am sorry for my indifference towards you, God. But I believe in Jesus. That he is the Lord. That he died on a cross for my sins. That he was raised from the grave. By the power of God. Bringing victory over Satan. And bringing forgiveness to my life. Dear Lord Jesus Christ. I confess you as my Lord. Come into my life. I surrender to you. And from this day forward. As you enable me. I will live for you. Amen and amen. If you prayed that prayer this morning for the first time, or maybe if you were like me in my younger years, I doubted my salvation, I want you to know that you are saved, not because of what you've done, but because of what he did. And I just want to give us a hand. Welcome. We're not going to finish out uh, with a worship song. We are very gracious to see Angela lead us through. She's not feeling well, as were some other people, not feeling well today. But I'm going to ask the ushers if they would take their places to receive the Lord's tithes and offerings. And I just want to give you a little snippet here of the couple, three weeks to come. And uh, just have us all be on the same page. There's a debate that goes on in churches across the nation. Should churches have Christmas Day service or not? Why would we not have Christmas Day service when all the complaints about the COVID season was we want to meet, we want to meet. Well, here's the reality. We want you to worship Jesus on Christmas Day. Our Christmas service is on Christmas Eve at 5 p.m. It's going to be a good service. Invite your friends, bring them to come. And by the way, as they're receiving these, your Connect cards, if you made a commitment to follow Christ, just mark down on the back of your card. We'd love to follow up with you. But... Our Christmas Eve service is at 5 o'clock on Saturday. Make plans to come. Maybe there's stuff you have beforehand or afterwards and invite a friend and come. and Let's worship the Lord and the beauty of the night before Jesus came and celebrating Christmas Day. And then we want you to worship on Christmas Sunday morning next week in your homes with your families. And I would encourage you to take time in that setting to read the gospel accounts of the birth of Jesus. Or maybe rewatch something online, even the carols that we sang here this morning, or maybe it has to do with you missed Sunday morning or you uh, aren't able to do the Christmas Eve. That'll be online for you to be able to watch the live stream of that after the fact. But next Sunday, there is no service. The Sunday after that is probably the one I'm a little bit more concerned about because it's on the hills of Christ, uh, New Year's Eve. We are having service on New Year's Eve Day. And uh, you're going to be blessed because I have two big weddings. I'm heading back to the Midwest after Christmas to be able to officiate at, uh, one with family, one with our best friends. And um, Pastor Trey is going to be leading us in a time to kick off the new year. You don't get too many January 1 kind of worship days, right? So come, let's get the right foot, all those New Year's resolutions. Well, let's start with being in church, and I'll be with you online. And so, Pastor Trey's bringing the message. It's going to be a time of communion for uh, New Year's Eve day. And then the following week on the 8th, I tried and tried and tried to get back here by plane from the um, wedding the night before. I can't make it. And probably okay. You get tired of listening to me anyway. And so, Pastor Zach's going to be bringing the message on the 8th. And so, I want to encourage us to kick off the new year in a place of um, worship and putting Christ first in all things. And I want us to also then just be thinking ahead of things like the men's breakfast on the 14th. You know how all this rolls, man. Pop, 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 pop. And before you know oh, we're trying to do something new for men's group and uh, the men in our church. So the second Tuesday of every month for at least three months, maybe four, we are going to have an all-American breakfast, not the burrito breakfast. It's going to be an all-American breakfast. And Bro already told me this morning he's got a team of five or six people together. Some of them run restaurants. So that's pretty good. And come for that, men. Women, you will have your things as well. We'll recapture uh, life groups. We have a chili cook-off and congregational meeting later in January. And then I mentioned to you last week, March 17th and 18th, save the date. We're going to have an incredible conference here called uh, the Plan A Conference. As it has to do with us being laborers and working for the Lord and being able to discover his plan for our life. So we're going to be rolling into 2023. But if you're not here for Christmas Eve, the next time I will see you is next year. But I'm not playing it loose. I'm active doing what God's called me to do also with you. Some of you also know, just heads up on this, we also have another important date in January, and that is January 15th is the last Sunday that uh, Oliver and Amy Cardenas and their family will be with us in person as a part of our family. They're going to Be sent out as missionaries to go to colorado springs to work with focus on the family and they will watch us remotely some and stay connected i know for sure oliver and amy will but we want to give them a great send off on the 15th of january so don't miss that sunday and we'll have a reception time afterwards so there's some of the heads up you good let's stand put your palms up to receive a benediction I have no idea where it's going. I just trust the Holy Spirit. And now, Lord Jesus Christ, may you descend upon every heart and soul in this room today and those watching that in this week we would truly celebrate the peace that passes all understanding that comes from you. May we go forward not by the stress and the anxiety that's common into the season, but may we go forth from here with joy in our hearts, the declaration of the angels that we have peace with God. And Lord, I pray especially for anyone in this room that needs to invite someone who does not have that peace to come with them for Christmas Eve service at five on Saturday. May you give them boldness. May you craft the moments to be able to share the word online, in person, at work, at school, Lord, may you bless those who want to be the ambassadors of good news as surely as the angel was to the shepherds. Go in God's grace. We will see you Christmas Eve at 5 p.m. Blessings.